0: Okay, no, we weren't talking about you, Paul, uh, but our, our friend, Paul, who looks like, ah. like, uh, like a 32-year-old Harry Potter. Got so it. I'm,
1: I'm not your friend, then? Uh, I have a friend, Paul. <laughs> I seem <laughs> to go. be determined. <laughs> I suppose Very that's true. true.
2: Okay. So you're, you're only a provisional friend at this point. That's right.
0: Okay, now I'm in a mood because my baby's been crapping all over the house for days now, and I can't get her potty trained. So I'm gonna have to try and be as happy as possible because <laughs> it's so hot here. And uh huh, yeah, oh, hot hot crap is not the way to go. <laughs> yeah,
3: <laughs> I don't have that a good a story. I'm just upset about the football.
0: Yeah, Tony's upset about the <laughs> football. For me, this is we, I was I was upset for you as well. Yeah. For me, this is a different barrage of shit.
2: <laughs> Everyone has their own hot crap, baby.
0: Are the US still in, in the World Cup right now? No, they went no,
3: out
0: last night. At least we only lost by one goal. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Well, it wasn't quite as dramatic, you see. We just like to do things to style. That's yeah. right. We,
0: we like it so that English fans can go, No! Nah! <laughs> for hours <laughs> on eight. end. While one we day lose. the Germans will fool us. Yeah, around uh, here, it only
2: really upsets the hipsters, so it's okay.
0: Very true. I suppose soccer's kind of small where you guys are.
2: Much smaller than the rest of the world. Yes. Right. Yeah.
0: Well, you've got all kinds of sports that uh, you can be proud of, all involving armor of some kind.
3: And all involving yeah. <laughs> just American people playing it. Indeed. Exactly. Yeah. Baseball, world Series baseball, World Series. Well, except <laughs> any
1: any more of the uh, the baseball teams are half Japanese and
0: people yeah, coming from and South America, America and. Uh, Actually, yeah, Tony, don't, we don't know anything about American sports apart from the fact that they wear lots of armor. So
3: that's uh, like the yeah. they—they're getting upset about the the Japanese invading their sports all of a sudden. Oh Jesus! <laughs> I'm not upset huh. about that fact
1: because. No. They're they're actually good. It's less boring when there's fewer uh,
2: fewer (laughs) corn-fed Iowans in the state. (laughs) Yes, it's true in general. If someone isn't getting hurt, Americans are not interested.
0: And welcome to League Division football for us. (laughs) How boring can it get? Okay, so, episode 163, dated Friday the 2nd of July, 2010, Poland Storm.
1: From the North Virginia suburbs and near Philly do they ride One he has a goatee and a six-string by his side The other packs a keyboard and sarcasm finely honed The two men ride together into the great unknown
4: they are not seeking justice, they've got no wrongs to write. They're just here to sing some dick jokes and
1: head off into the night In rental vans and airplanes, they travel across the land With
5: songs of nuns and pirates, they are the opening band Paul and Storm, Paul and Storm, Paul and Storm La 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 Paul and Storm, Paul and Storm, Paul and Storm Please no flash photography of Paul and Storm
0: Cowboy,
1: baby. hello yes. hello <laughs> that's a lot of
0: episodes I gotta say yeah, thank yeah. you <laughs> I, I've noticed you guys have been podcasting as well 88 or so isn't it we so, have
1: it feels like we've been podcasting for like 9 years and we're only on 88 I can't imagine how long you guys have been podcasting
0: 3 years oh, and a bit yeah, double that <laughs> uh,
1: that's so that's like in in, in the beginning. Uh, that was old enough that podcasting basically involved like yelling into your your iPod. Like yeah, it didn't it have a
0: microphone th- or anything. You would just talk to your iPod. No, it was a yogurt pot on a string, and I would uh-huh. uh, shout into one yogurt pot, and Tony would shout into the other, and somehow it got onto the internet. So I don't know. Well, by way of Edison cylinder, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so this week we are honored to have on the show two of the brightest stars of the nerdcore cool music scene. Paul, Sa- how do you pronounce that? suburban Suborin, Suborin, and yes. Gre- Greg <sighs> DiCostanzo. <laughs> there's that,
1: there's that fabled British exasperation we've come to know and love.
0: Greg DiCostanzo, better known as Paul and Storm. Paul is the uh, high pitched tenor you can hear, and Storm is the low pitched baritone. I think that's fair. Sure. Uh, I disagree with that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I sometimes talk rather high.
0: Okay, so what we're going to try and do is get a musical portrait of you guys over an hour or so, and uh, every time we've talked about a song for long enough, we're going to cut to it so that you guys at home can hear what we're talking about. Now, for all of those of you who are wetting themselves with excitement because you already know who these guys are, you're welcome. And for all those of you, yes, I guess, Nick, thank you, thank you, both of you. And uh, for all those of you, we're both uh, here, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> shush these guys are huge and for all those of you (laughs) who do not yet know and have not been yet been yet introduced and weren't listening to us when we mentioned how fucking awesome they were at PAX last year and several times in between and when we saw them in November as well god damn it a few people haven't been listening to these guys yet for those of you who have not yet heard them get ready to get to know them in the next hour or so
5: We are the opening band We are here to do five or six or seven songs Don't go too long and get the hell off the stage We are the opening band We're probably not the band you came to see tonight But it's alright, cause soon we'll go away And we're wondering just where the hell's the sound guy He disappeared just after we got up here Behind the building Rolling up a fatty And he'll be gone Until our last song We got a VW van I had to sell Every Star Wars figure that I had And ask my dad To co-sign for the loan We don't got a whole lot of fans Nobody asked for our autograph And sad to say As of today No panties have been thrown And we're if this was worth the drive here, we spent six hours in traffic on the highway for fifty bucks and half price on the cheese fries and free Miller Lite on tap. Who can drink that? lives in town and will be crashing at his place unless his girlfriend's home from college and she's staying for the weekend. And if she is, then we will have to go and park the van behind the IHOP by the turnpike and we'll sleep in the backseat. And we're wondering just where the headline act is. Probably getting wasted in the green room And they don't give a rat's ass who we are So when they start to play up here We're gonna drink all their beer We are the opening band We hope that all of you sign up on our mailing list And buy our disc and t-shirts in black and gray We are the opening band and We only got about 25 more minutes left That's all we get to blow your ass away We are the opening band We are the opening band Hello Hello Hello
0: So let's just start with, you know, Little Paul and Little Storm. Uh, who were your biggest influences growing up?
2: Uh, well, gosh, um, there were, there's sort of separate things where we have musical influences and comedy influences mm-hmm. that eventually sort of came together mm-hmm. uh, into this multidisciplinary thing that we do. Um, certainly the Beatles, for me, musically, was everything. Way to
1: kiss ass there, Storm. Um, <laughs> I, no, you can look through any, any time you can ask
2: anything like this You can find that answer, mister. Um, and, and of course the Clash and Elton John and, uh, John, and all John, the, all
0: the, all
1: all the Mersey the
0: Beat people and seeing as how no. small Britain is, we are on first name terms with all these people, so we will mention that you uh, you like. Them.
1: <laughs> That's right, you know all of them, right? Well,
2: seriously, musically, uh, Beatles for me was was mega huge, and mm-hmm. then sort of from there, and it was really because of the just the melody, the command of melody and song structure, and just the variety of it. Um, and then comedy wise, it was a little later, but Weird Al Yankovic, um, <laughs> me- mega huge, and um, I'll. I'll, I'll just limit it to that because it's pretty much everything under the sun afterwards.
0: So I'll, the the Beatles meets Weird Al Yankovic.
1: Yeah, I think that's pretty <laughs> that's active. actually that's storm in a nutshell right there.
0: <laughs> it, it really is. It, it really that's is. That's
1: quite. A, I've come to an epiphany right now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. For that. That's pretty great, actually. I like that. I'm going to use that. Pull, uh, for me for paul uh i have a similar sort of eclectic tastes growing up uh i was not as huge a beatles fan as storm was but i certainly very much enjoyed their music for a lot of the same reasons uh monkeys. i listen oh, of course the monkeys <laughs> I, that goes with, i that was implied i yeah, was for asking besides the monkeys okay um and herman the Hermits. Uh, uh, that one, that one landed with a thud, didn't
0: it? <laughs> we're right, British, we have no idea who they are. Really? oh, oh wow. What do they sing?
1: You don't know um, Herman's Hermits. Hermit.
2: I'm Annery the Eighth, I am. every the 8th i am Henry the 8th I am, I am.
0: Nothing. I am aware of that song from Ghost as its reference, but that's about all.
2: Wow, oh, we're more British shit. than you. <laughs> I'm so
0: sorry. Are they English?
2: They are. Oh they my are. god. Uh, it's not our British tone. it's tone. not English.
0: Hang up your Union Jack underwear. You don't need it's it. It's already
2: been thrown away. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't our generation either,
0: really, but I guess it was a little closer. Okay.
1: Yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah, lots of uh, sort of uh, 80s pop in general. No, I mean, I was I was never like a particularly rabid fan of of too many people. I was a big uh, Peter Gabriel fan, actually. Oh, awesome, yeah. Uh, before it was fashionable to be so. <laughs> uh, that, of course, being the pre pre So album. Mm. Um but uh and comedy wise, I was a big comedy nerd growing up, uh from people like uh Steve Martin mm-hmm. and uh Richard Pryor and George Carlin and stand-ups like that. Awesome. Uh also, you know, a Weird Al as as was mentioned, also a number of uh American uh comedy musicians people like uh alan sherman mm-hmm. yeah and uh uh i don't know there was another i was going to say and now i am tom lehrer i had uh, we had all the tom lehrer albums growing up he was a he was a very strong influence on both of us i
0: think. I have two names next to this question and what uh, tony can you verify this It's al yankovic and tom lehrer yeah al
3: absolutely
1: yes
0: but yeah Yes you're very very perceptive. Indeed.
3: <laughs> so so when did you actually form? How did the band come together? Well,
2: we uh, both answered an ad for an a cappella group like a doo-wop
1: group and this We was both the, we both sang in a cappella groups in college in our separate yeah. colleges, we could say. That's a and thing that, we
3: don't get in the UK. We don't do that yeah. at all.
1: Yeah, it really started with
2: the Ivy League schools over here, and then it kind of spread, especially in the uh, late 80s, early 90s in the States. And we were both very much into that in college. And after we graduated, we wanted to keep doing it and ended up in this kind of hobby doo-wop group that only lasted about one summer. Mm -hmm. And then uh, that broke up, and we formed up with uh, two of the other guys who were in that group and that ended up becoming a uh, full-time professional a cappella band
1: we were in that for about 10 years
0: Da Vinci's or. Notebook Yes yeah. Da Vinci's Notebook Okay
1: Yeah that um, was a, that sort of really I mean none of us who were in that group had expected to be professional musicians at any point but over the course of about 10 years it just sort of morphed from being this hobby to being a part-time job to being a second job to being our only job
2: we <laughs> we got some really lucky breaks where mm-hmm. we won a regional a cappella contest, and that got us media attention, which led us to being featured on the Today Show on NBC. And it was a nice seven, eight-minute segment that was just seen by, you know, probably uh, tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of people. Oh, I don't and think it
1: was hundreds of millions of
2: people. <laughs> it, was, it was three trillion people. That's, uh, <laughs> that's right. they, they, they projected it into the past. Well, if you add it up, if you add it up, it was it was certainly
1: tens of millions. Okay.
3: So, so what time period were we looking at? The late nineties, late
1: and uh, like ninety seven or so, mm-hmm. um, and that was that was also right around the time we started writing more original material. We sort of discovered we started out; it was just like sort of a cover band, you know, doing doo duop songs and pop songs and things like that. And we started doing some sort of funny songs, in that a we really enjoyed it on our end, they were fun to sing and, and the audiences seemed to respond to it. So over the course of a couple of years we started writing more original music and going much more in that direction and that's suddenly we ended up basically being this comedy a cappella group. Um that our, our biggest hit, I don't know how much research you've done. We had a, a sort of so our, our the closest thing approaching a hit, it's not like it got major airplay or anything, but we were well known for a song called Enormous Penis. Uh, uh-huh.
0: uh <laughs> I didn't I did not know that.
1: Oh. It's a it's a lovely song in fact you should probably play it here I will forward it to you and we'll you should play it at this point are are we are we supposed to be pretending that, that we're uh, we're are is this going out live or are we you just broke the magic
0: people oh, now realize that the podcast they're listening to on the iPods are not being recorded live
3: I'm still going over <laughs> the, the fact that Paul just said he's going to forward us his enormous penis. Uh, yeah
0: yeah Sony <laughs> you've fallen for that one before. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Paul's, Paul's crotch is
2: something of a lending library. Yes, <laughs>
0: it is. Uh, okay, if, yeah. Paul, if you, if you could
2: uh, All we have to do is send
1: me your, uh, send me. Yeah. Yeah, i send you my enormous penis. If you could send me uh, uh, just a couple thousand dollars uh, seed money, you can send it to uh, care of my account in um, in uh, Kenya. Uh, actually, and I have a Nigerian prince friend who will be handling oh,
0: a careful. lot of. You heard about that well, the Sony got into massive trouble for saying that. Did they really? Yeah, they, there was a uh, commercial where... Um,
3: I like the fact you're you're talking quietly, so sorry yeah.
0: you don't hear us. Yeah, no, in case. No, it's, it's so that Nigeria don't hear us. Uh, Kevin Butler, their uh, fictional character, said, you can't believe everything you hear on the internet, although if I, if I did that, I'd be a uh, uh, Nigerian royalty by now. And uh, Nigeria said, you're slandering Nigeria. <laughs> and rather than saying, oh, come on, I mean... We've all got those emails, right? I mean, you you have to have seen them, surely. Sure. I mean, is it possible that the only people who don't get those emails live in Nigeria? It's not in <laughs> any way slandering you guys. It's a sly reference to Internet culture. Um, sure. But instead of doing that, they changed it to that's how World War One got started because everyone was dead and no one would get offended by it. Uh,
6: uh, huh, huh. So,
0: yeah. Wow. Ni- sorry, Nigeria. Off. That's a slight tangent. But, yeah. I, I, it was I'm educational, saying, so it was. <laughs> I say butch up, Nigeria. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone else takes their licks. You can have some, too. That's a T-shirt. That's a (laughs) (laughs)
1: T-shirt. at the very least a bumper sticker.
3: Yeah. So so did the enormous penis song sink uh the a cappella band what
2: happened? No it, In fact it it probably extended the a cappella band's life. Um <laughs> really
1: again uh, sort of a
2: <laughs> We <are>
0: all becoming <laughs> still this
2: <laughs> But it um it was picked up by a very popular syndicated radio show in the states. Uh, Bob and uh, Tom. Yes. Bob and Tom, Bob yes. and Tom radio show which we were not aware of. They didn't actually air this show in our hometown. Oh, I see. And so it was a complete surprise to us that all of a sudden we were getting these requests and emails from people in parts of the country where we had never been.
0: Oh, was it a request for you to turn up there or a request for you to just sort of send songs to Bob and Tom or, or what? A, a little of a t- us,
1: yeah. No, of- oh, I was. Yep, um, but I'm just going to keep making noises as you talk, Storm. <laughs> totally ruin the flow of the entire interview.
0: It, I haven't listened to all 88 of your podcasts yet. <laughs> Shame on you yourself, a fan. <laughs>
1: this interview is over.
0: I'm so sorry, sir. Um, but uh, have you just on a professional podcasting level, one podcast after another, have you gotten into the swing yet of being able to just detect when one of you wants to speak and just being able to sort of let each other talk like that? Because that was an art that Tony and I took a good 30, 40 episodes to learn.
2: We set a ground rule early on, and we agreed to it that if one of us thought that things were getting boring, mm. that we would just shout out. Very plainly Boring. and Whoa. very quickly, quickly learned to, uh, kind of listen to each other and, uh, and keep things interesting at the same time. That's good. I like that. Yeah. That's I mean, good it, I,
1: I, it helps a lot that we've been performing on stage together mm-hmm. at this point over, I think, 15 years. Uh so even though we're not in person, you know, it did take some getting used to. I will I will certainly agree with that. The the just being doing it over the phone is different than doing it from you know, six feet apart on a stage, but luckily we had that background, so it didn't take us too terribly wrong to find our podcasting rhythm, uh to coin a phrase. If you
5: ever get so low
1: that you don't know which way to go, come on and take a walk
5: in my shoes. Never worry about a thing got the World on a string, cause I've got the cure for all of my blues. All
2: of his blues. I
1: take
5: a look at my enormous penis, and my troubles start a melting away. I take a look at my enormous penis, and the happy times are coming to stay. I gotta sing and I dance when I glance in my pants. I end up feeling like a sunshiny day. I take a look at my enormous penis. And everything is going my way.
0: So, um, with the Bob and Tom radio show, mm-hmm. um, did, uh, did, I'm assuming you got invited on in person at some point, because there's definitely, there's a little bit of... Um, that in the improv bit at the end of uh, opening band. The yes,
1: they're, they're sort of, um, you know, radio is sort of a different animal in the States than it is in the UK. Definitely. Um, but uh, it, in a way, it's sort of, it, it, the the Bob and Tom show was sort of, I'm try, I don't know... British radio shows well enough to come up with a, a proper analogy, uh, but if to, to do it in a in a radio to TV method, the Bob and Tom show is to comedy radio in the greater part of America actually sort of what uh, Jonathan Ross's show used to be. Ooh. All right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. As as far as um, you know, it, it's not like a huge. Uh, it doesn't carry the fact that it's this huge, incredibly. Uh, permeating show but it's it it was syndicated in about 150 different cities at least at the time Mm. Uh, so it gave a sudden massive penetration in in all these markets that we as storm said we'd never been before just as an independent band we couldn't you know get that kind of advertising and what they do is they just have on comedians and it's Mm. you know four hours every morning they're syndicated out of indianapolis indiana or something and they Mm. will just have on different comedians and musicians and such and just talk and be funny and play songs and it was this great, you know, outlet that we had never, you know, cer- certainly never banked on to have this kind of exposure. And, and they would have us back every, we, I guess we would go back every five, six months or so. Um, Basically, when, whenever, we, whenever
2: we had something new to bring on and they're just, they were really terrific in a lot of ways. They, they took us under their wing, both with Da Vinci's Notebook and when we formed the present band, Paul and Storm.
6: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and there's nothing else like it that we've ever come across in the States where so much of radio anymore, it's so commercial and programmed and down to the minute and there's no time to just kind of sit and do your thing. And they find that if there's something that's funny and interesting and engaging, that they will they foster that and that's what their show is all about. So it was really, uh, really wonderful. That
0: does sound like a fantastic opportunity, actually.
1: Yeah, and, and it gave us, uh, it was nice because, you know, the standard model for a working band is you go and you tour for several months at a time and you play you go to a city and play in front of six people and then you go back and you play in front of 12 and you go back and you play in front of 40 and you just keep building a base sort of you know grassroots style and our, our appearances on Bob and Tom suddenly gave us this huge fan base that we would have otherwise had to you know work for. So we could show up in some city in the middle of the country, and 150 people would show up at a club that we'd never been to before, and it was really a great. you uh, know I mean, it was a nice. It was a nice luxury.
0: Tony and I know <laughs> what it's like to uh, uh, double our listening figures and still be in double figures. <laughs> 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 How did you get in with uh, Jonathan Coulton? Not uh, like we, that. Not like in like in the British right? Yes. Like right. That. Oh, Unless you, you did, in which case, well done.
1: Uh thank you. <laughs> no, we uh we actually stalked him on the internet. We we saw him we saw uh John Hodgman mm-hmm. on the Daily Show and that we went to John's uh, Hodgman's website, and he did a thing the, the 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 700 hobo names list. I don't know if you're familiar with John Hodgman's stuff at all. No, I've never heard of him. So no. John Hodgman uh, on the Mac and PC ads that you guys had over there uh, was it? Uh, who who was playing the the PC in in those ads? Was it? Uh,
0: I think that was uh, Mitchell and Webb. Wasn't? Yeah, it? yeah, it was David ah, Mitchell, right?
1: He, okay. He's the American David Mitchell, basically. He he originated that part that David Mitchell plays in the uh, in those commercials. He's okay. the U.S.C. And he's a correspondent on, on The Daily Show, and he's sort of a a, a very popular nerdy type here mm-hmm. in the States. Okay. So when I say John Hodgman for now and you just imagine I'm saying David Mitchell and we'll be fine. Okay. That <laughs> <So you can laughs> Hodgman web look. Mitchell. <laughs> Mitchell. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so uh, he, he appeared, uh, and he's an old friend of, of Jonathan Colton's, mm-hmm. and Jonathan was playing background music for this list that Hodgman... Mitchell. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that where you just, he, he wrote a list of 700 fictitious hobo names. Mm-hmm. And Jonathan Colton was playing music in the background for the entire 45 minutes of the reading of this list. And we just thought that was an interesting achievement, that he just sat there and played one song for 45 minutes uh, on this incredibly arcane list. And he, ha- he was just starting at the time his Thing a Week project. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was just uh, maybe 10 weeks into that or something. So he hadn't really done any performing live. And we were just starting out as a duo uh, with Da Vinci's Notebook having uh, basically folded not too long before then. And we were looking for you know people to perform with so that if we went to New York or wherever, uh, if we were going to perform in front of only six people, we'd rather find somebody else and perform in front of our combined 12 fans or something like that. Hmm. Uh, so we just emailed him and said, hey, you know, this is us. We really like your stuff. And would you like to do a show together sometime? And he said, why the hell not? Because it was early enough in his, uh, career where he, uh, still, you know, talked to regular people. Now he's just <laughs> hidden behind a wall of, of sycophants and, and assistants. And there's Underwear. no talking to him. Yeah. There's just no talking to the man.
0: Flying around in a Learjet wearing a white floor length silk coat.
1: Uh, it was a Zeppelin, but other than that, you're entirely correct. Okay. So,
3: so was this at a time when maybe Jonathan Coulton could have joined you two as a band member? I that think dis- well, that was... it
2: would that have worked? I mean, of I course it would. Early on, he recognized that probably
1: wasn't a good idea. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because when we were first starting out and uh, starting to do shows together on a, on a regular basis, when we were starting out, we would decide... Uh, who was going to go first and who was going to be the closer, so to speak, in various markets. And within a month, it became very obvious that he was becoming far more popular, far more quickly than we were, and it became sort of a laughable concept for us to open up for him, I am mean, for us to close in, in most places. So that's how we sort of fell into the, the steady role of being Jonathan Colton's quote-unquote opening band.
2: But as it's worked out even early on, uh, Jonathan also has a history of college a cappella mm-hmm. so all three of us are harmony singers so early on um, and a lot of his songs are written with very nice vocal parts so that's part of what made it so much fun for all three of us yeah. is we come out during his set and give that little extra to these songs um, and that it, it's a lot of fun sort of having two distinct acts touring yeah. together
0: and yet you have a little a little bit of interplay with it. And I think, uh, you can't
3: complement can. each other very well, I must admit. Yeah,
0: i got to say, um, last uh, year at PAX when you sang Space Doggerty, um, possibly yeah. one of the best performances I've ever seen. Just that one, I mean, the rest of it was fantastic, but um, when I got my PAX DVDs through, uh, that disc was scratched, and at the point when Space Doggerty started, oh, oh. it went, eh, 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 oh, and it died. Oh. And I Uh-oh. broke down into frustrated sobs. <laughs> my wife can attest. To this. I was catatonic for an hour. I was Uh-oh, like. Oh, you poor man. It cost me 36 English pounds to get that damn disc to me. Oh, and my that gosh. Did, well, I mean The people at, uh, at Penny Arcade were really lovely. They sent me a whole extra set. Free um, yeah. to, to replace that. So uh, it, well, the it,
1: last thing anyone needs is for a British man to be crying.
0: Absolutely, <laughs> but um, no. But the point was that that song. Absolutely, you know what? That was the first time I'd ever heard it as well. I was told um, uh, by uh, Bobby Blackwolf. Oh, you. Yeah, everyone's going to run for the bathroom at the point when they start space doggity because no one's going to be wanting to see and be seen crying in front of their friends. And uh, <laughs> uh-huh. everyone stayed wrapped, bums on seats. Uh, and uh, all just sort of tried to sort of stare straight at the front so that no one could see the tears dribbling down each other's faces. The, w- the harmonising, just the sort of the rising up, was f- phenomenal. So uh, yeah, I'll stop uh, polishing your knobs at this point. We'll move on. To something no,
3: again. no, please, be feel no, free. No, don't stop. We like that. that. Okay. <laughs> so, um, do you actually tour separate from each other, or is it a deal where you actually tour always together? Or we
2: d- we do other things as well. Um, does
0: Jonathan. your boss follow his zeppelin? But th- th- no,
3: the, reason <laughs> is, the reason I ask is because the show works so well with you being there. So I can't really imagine some of those. Yeah. Things, you guys aren't there.
6: So yeah.
2: Well, right now, John, Jonathan is uh, he's working on a new project, and it's sort of you know whatever his artistic vision is. We're we'll be happy to uh, to tour. We have our own things going as well. It, it's sort of like a uh, a Rat Pack mentality, if if you know that nice, reference. Yeah. Um, but we do, do our own shows as well, and then we have our show, Wootstock, that we do with Will Wheaton and Adam Savage from Mythbusters.
0: Mm-hmm. Actually, we were going to ask you about that later, but if you wanted to say talk about it now, go for it.
1: Um, what in the hell sure. was that noise?
0: <laughs> that was him hitting his mic. Oh, shit.
1: I thought it was an extremely large animal purring into the microphone. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes, there's a dog there that really likes Wootstock.
0: A <laughs> dog's the most purring dog. famous purring <laughs> yeah. animal, of course. Uh, the, the Reddit, purring dog of Cardiff. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's Wales.
2: We- <laughs> <laughs> Things are different over there. I just am yeah. not sure how different.
0: In England, son, uh, dogs purr and whales purr. Right. But anyway, <clears throat> Woodstock. Wootstock.
1: Yes, Wootstock. So- Yes, let us segue gently back in <laughs> to the discussion of Woodstock. What can we tell you about Woodstock? Uh, what, what is Woodstock? Huh.
2: Well, I guess to, to start it is uh, sort of how it came about, I think, explains pretty yeah. well what it is. And we were just looking <clears throat> to do a couple of dates on the West Coast, um, <clears throat> by, our, by ourselves or with another act, because uh, at the time, Jonathan wasn't touring, and we decided we would do some dates. And, um, we ended up approaching Will Wheaton uh about doing some kind of show because we knew he had done some book readings, and that it might be a really fun thing to do. Mm.
1: And, and we had known Will – I mean, we weren't, like, best buddies with Will necessarily, but we'd known him from meeting him at a couple of Jonathan shows that he had come to, and then uh, we we met him uh, at PAX that year.
0: Yes, yeah, you would have so. been on our podcast, were it not for Will Wheaton saying, could you get some stuff out of the back of my truck, which was the <laughs> uh, reason you gave us why you couldn't uh, do the interview then. But uh, we get you to ourselves now, and we don't have to don't mess around
3: up everywhere.
0: time and stuff. But, yeah, no, carry on. Sorry. So then um, – Paul and
2: I talked about it some and I think it was Paul that said, well, why don't we add Adam, Adam Savage, who we had also recently met and again weren't like complete best buds, but felt like, uh, we had enough of a relationship that it might be, uh, fun to just do a couple of these, these shows and then thought, well, how about, you know, it's, this sounds like a real event, um, that people would be really interested in and wouldn't it be neat if it was interest, there was enough interest that we could even have guest acts come in. And so we put the first shows together uh, as an experiment and had three or four guest acts in each city. And it was just an immediate success. Um, And it really came across as you can call it a geek variety show or nerd vaudeville where you have all of these different acts that are certainly geeky and nerdy but distinct from each other. And some are music and some are comedy. Uh, We have people that are doing puzzles that people either participate in or, or solve online during the concert. And it's the audience, though, that they sort of recognize here is something happening live, this live event that is based on what they experience usually only online by themselves on a computer. So you have this feeling like it's summer camp, you know, and everybody is gathered physically in one place to celebrate all these different things that uh, geeks and nerds love. So computer camp.
1: Yeah, sort of. Without as much, like, terrible cafeteria food or insects.
3: It <laughs> sounds like a condensed version of PAX that isn't just about video games.
1: It's funny that you say that, because one of our sort of abiding missions at the beginning was we wanted it to sort of be like, condensing down all the good parts from a convention without all of the you know without all of the uh people stinky after having not showered after two and a half
0: days. <laughs> so making that's a good one
1: yeah <laughs> but if
2: you can turn all of pax into just a single concert event but not just focused on gaming you know it's yeah. it's a different thing entirely from pax but really after we had been to pax we recognized that as yes uh I think I mentioned how there was all this goodwill in the audience. That's yeah. what you feel at PAX. Mm-hmm. And to be able to do that in a night of entertainment, and that's really what's happening.
0: That's what so- uh, Tony and I noticed when we, when the moment we got to PAX, this surge of, of just feeling of being, um, accepted by everyone, and everyone was polite, yes. and everyone was nice, and everyone was positive, and everyone was excited, but no one was pushing, and it was... Weird because we come from England where everyone pushes, no one cares. They it's stamp on your face. So they queue <laughs> solemnly in the rain. And we went to Eurogamer a few uh, months later, and and um, it, it wasn't bad, yeah, but it wasn't as nice. And in no 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 disrespect to the Eurogamer folks, I'm sure you guys would like it to be as good as PAX. Uh, Obviously, the fact that people hadn't come from far and wide and actually stayed the night, and you know there there wasn't the smell problem or the uh, (laughs) 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 like, everyone got SARS or pig flu or something like that. Uh, What were we going to die of last year?
3: Swine flu. um, Swine flu. Yes. Bird Yeah.
0: Bird flu, pig flu, whatever kind of flu from whatever kind of animal was fashionable that month, um, yes. we were all going to get it. And I think a friend of ours was really frightened that he'd got it because uh, he spent the last day, the day after PAX, basically a zombie. Uh, that's, this, this is Paul. We're really sorry, Paul. But um,
1: <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um, It was me, okay? I, was I, I brought my little vial of PAX POX.
0: Different call again, right, but, um, I but yeah, not <laughs> liberally
1: on my hands,
0: strict hands, with everybody. But the feeling at PAX was addictive, to the point where we can't make it this year, and we are yeah. sad about that yeah. fact. Because sorry, I'm going to try for eleven, and I'm going to try and bring my wife this time because that yeah. that feeling of being there and just being, okay, right, um, was it? Ah oh, yeah, actually, it was one of yours. When you were singing Froga, the Froga musical, oh, which I'm going to stick yeah. on right now.
2: Yay!
5: Now why the chicken might have done it, I just couldn't say. But if I'm going to make it home, this is the only way. Five lanes of traffic, an embankment, and a stream. It's like it's some kind of amphibianic fever dream. The total lack of law enforcement on this road's to crime. I'd write a letter, but I simply haven't got the time. Give me a call tomorrow if I haven't died. I can tell you how I made it to the other side. up, right, down, up, 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 If I make it to the other side. right, down, up, up, I hope I make it to the other side. up, right, down,
6: up, up, I make it to the other side.
5: Excuse me, miss. I couldn't help but notice that you seem to be out here all alone. And it seems to me, in a world so cold and lonely, no one should have to do this on their own. We're already past the highway. So if you are going my way, there's room inside. If you wanna ride, I'll take you to the place we're heading toward. Hop on board, let's share this road together. Hop on board, we'll bear this load forever. If you're with me, there'll never be a river we. They'll never stop us, baby.
0: At the very end when you were singing now I'm home and everyone was you know waving their uh, iPhone lighters in the air and occasionally an analog lighter uh, and it was just sort of a, a sea of DS's and a sea of iPhones and a laptop or two and everyone was singing now I'm home and waving their hands in the air and it was for most people the first time they would ever heard that song and yet the unity yeah. that got there was palpable and I think Tony, was- Tony doesn't cry much but you got a little... little Choked up at that point. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it, 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 was
3: tu- it was completely.
1: It was very touching to see from the stage. I mean, you know, we'd sort of, you know, to a degree, that song is calculated. Like we were kind of hoping that section would 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 be a everybody wave your lighters kind of thing, and we would encourage it. But at the same time, I don't, you know, I can say I personally was not quite prepared for just uh, well, a that degree of of people waving their uh, well, lighters and, yes, and such. and
2: I, I it certainly was was you could say calculated but really it was a way to try to channel that energy yeah and and the hope was that the song would be a way for people to feel that and express it and really create um, that sense of community
3: a perfect song for a perfect audience i mean those two two things combined like that i mean as we've said this before certainly with jonathan colton the way that how do you translate your music to a a wider audience that isn't just geek culture but you know and whether it should even be heard outside that audience do you think that's actually well, possible?
2: Um, well, the thing is, we we never set out to specifically appeal to geeks and nerds. I think part of it is and that... And dweebs. And dweebs. <laughs> and dweebs dorks. And dorks. Oh, no, I... I Neo-Mexi-Zoob-Dweeby. Dweebies. <laughs> but at the same oh, time, you know, we sort of are. <laughs> and um, we do have our music, like the Bob and Tom crowd is not a geeky and nerdy audience. I and, and yet there's a connection there. So I would say that um, although I think the, the, the geeky and nerdy audiences are a little more intuitive to us, that, um, that it's bigger than that. And in general, things that are geeky and nerdy, uh, I think you'd be surprised how many of them do translate into wider audiences, unless it's something that's so specific like... Mm. You do a song about, you know, one particular Resident Evil game, (laughs) you might not appeal. But then again, do a
1: song about like Fortran programming or something, then then you're kind of limiting (laughs) yourself a bit.
2: But I think more and (laughs) more are kind of recognizing that that they do have these geeky and nerdy elements inside Mm. of them. But that for so long, it's been something that you've wanted to tamp down and not acknowledge, even if you're not someone who primarily identifies as a geek or a nerd. That mm-hmm. those things that characterize geeks and nerds um, are are often very positive things, like being passionate about things that are, uh, are smart or intellectual or clever, and that, yeah, maybe you obsess over it a little bit, but it gives you a command of a subject, and it can be any
0: subject you choose. It's your approach to it more than the subject. See, my theory is that people who obsess over sports statistics and things, and, and mm-hmm. uh, they're just as much geeks as everyone yes, else. They are. of course they are. Yeah. People who can uh, reel off like you know, what goal was scored by what guy when, uh, just because that sport happens to be massively popular, doesn't yeah, make you yeah. not a geek. Neither should you not embrace that. That's I think true. maybe in the next twenty years or so, as we get stronger and more numerate. Um, Hang on, does that mean we can count more? Or there are more... (laughs) Yes. Uh, Numerous. As our numbers grow, it it will become more and more acceptable, because geek culture is far more now than it was back in the 70s or so.
2: Oh, yes. Yeah. And I think... Well, not that I would know.
0: We weren't around, (laughs) sorry.
2: Well, it was always there, but again, it wasn't something that was openly acknowledged or celebrated or that you dwelt on. Mm -hmm. Um, It was underground, But as long as your your brain and your intellect—I don't mean intellect as in um, highfalutin—but you go to your thoughts first, uh, and not to your kind of it's brains over brawn. That's your first resource. Even though I would say that people like weightlifters are actually
0: quite geeky in their approach. Yeah, if you can get passionate and obsessive about anything, you've got geek tendencies.
1: Yep. Yeah. uh, There's—I mean, uh, you know—in America, there's there's whole bunches of people that are ridiculously obsessed with fantasy football it's american football is there like a, is there a a uk equivalent or,
0: tony is, like, is there a fantasy football league
3: <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. It's, it's proper football okay you're right Re- it's real we find that we suck yeah. at yeah.
1: but you know i you know as you know we had said i think in one of our podcasts you know there's there's really you know almost no difference from a practical standpoint between say playing fantasy football and playing dungeons and dragons it's just oh. you know different different combatants
3: Yes. i've got a funny story about that actually um my wife liz gave an, uh, one of your i think it was the best of album of you to her mum and really took a chance in it and she absolutely loves it it's stuck on her ipod and i checked the other day she's played it like 20 or so times each song <laughs> So anyway, Hang on. S-
0: i'm being phoned i'm so sorry uh hey paul how's it going oh the aforementioned <laughs> paul yes just say hello to paul and storm hello, <laughs> hello paul, paul.
2: paul. Okay.
0: See, he, he heard us talking <laughs> about him because
2: this is absolutely live.
0: That's right. <laughs> He's listening. That's in. quite okay. Talk to you later, mate. Oh <laughs> <laughs> Speak so, of the devil, and he shall appear. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so it only took us on like uh, the captain's wife laments, um, and she was just crying, literally in tears, and she's been good to tears. His. So yeah, so it can be you know, and she's Christ, sixty-five. Yeah. I so. mean, when it.
1: When it comes down to it, we you know we we never sit down for the most part. I can't think of any example where we sat down and say, "Let's write a song to pander to the geeks." Yeah. Uh, that may be a nice byproduct, and I'm not saying it's never in our minds, but for the most part, we sit down and we try and write songs about things that we think are funny or enjoy yeah. if and, nothing else,
0: that's a good line for a t- shirt again. <laughs>
1: we get we could start a whole t-shirt company off In fact, it's just off like yeah a cartoon
0: a cartoon of you two just sitting in front of a drawing board stroking your chins and then just that in a speech bubble above it <laughs> yeah no charge for that you can have that
3: <laughs> thank you <laughs> thanks so quickly to bring it back to rootstocks um, <laughs> sure. any chance we're going to see this outside of america or is it just to you know the, the people we- that you're looking for to be in on on that stage just works better in that culture Oh
2: no! Um, we want to bring it absolutely everywhere, um, and certainly in the UK, there's a a huge overlap with the American culture. And part of what we do in Woodstock is, whatever city we go to, we invite people who live in that city who are notable geeky types. And you know, Lord knows, in the UK we would find across the entire place great people to join us. But it's uh, it's very hard to coordinate. All three of our schedules—that is, Paul and Storm, Will Wheaton, and Adam Savage—and then, of course, just the costs of getting <laughs> us over there are much higher. But we're hoping <clears throat> that it grows to the point that um, that we'll be able to do it. Yeah, it's much-
1: absolutely—it's absolutely on our radar that we we would love to take it to the UK at some <sighs> point. We, I mean, we'd love to take it everywhere, literally. Uh, 90% of it is coordinating our schedules and and you know finding times that work for all of us in combination with venues that are available and such. So it, it's not for a, a lack of wanting that we haven't been there yet.
3: But last year you toured well, you've done a few dates in the UK. Is that the first time you actually come over here? We
2: actually uh it, that last year was the second uh, little tour we did with Jonathan of the UK. And we, uh, Paul and Storm, had never been there as a band before. Um, I've been to the UK a couple of times just for different reasons, and um, for
1: a smuggling, uh, uh, you know, parrots and stuff. Yeah, jaffa cakes mostly. Yeah, uh, smuggling <laughs> jaffa cakes. Um, but yeah, we absolutely. Uh, fell <laughs> you in, take fell parrots in, love. in, you take parrots in, and you take jaffa cakes jaffa- out. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. Like the, That's
3: the, a, it's a, an
0: even the, trade.
1: The trying jaffa three. cakes are
3: made out of. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah,
1: it's true. If you open up a parrot, it's just that orangey tangerini gel inside. There
3: you go.
0: Mmm, <laughs> that's good. Smashing parrot. orangey bit. Oh, <laughs> yeah, <the> squidgy <laughs> bit is parrots. Put that on the t t-shirt as well.
3: <laughs> anyway. Okay. <laughs>
0: okay. No, actually, the the date that we saw you play, you were in the um, the it was the giant church in London. Oh uh, yeah. Incredible. And uh, uh, if Paul was there. <laughs> that's right, I, I heard him crying and, and spreading disease. Actually, no, we did cry a bit. Oh, he's not disease. He's, he's a lovely chap, but we got pissed <laughs> off because, for some reason, the way they handled the tickets was they said, turn up at 7, and then they started letting people in at 7, or, and they started letting you guys play at 7.30. Yeah, we, we were still standing man. in there <laughs> at 7.45. Oh, oh, so we that. missed opening band, we missed Nugget Man.
3: Oh, oh. man. Oh. That's it. That was the shrillest thing, because you'd done the Nun song. In a church.
0: Uh, Yeah, I was just about to say. Okay, we're going to play nun fight for you now, but I'm just going to say, imagine listening to this in a church.
1: There was a convent over in Italy. This particular convent had only three nuns left in the whole place. Completely true. I know. And yes, very sad. It gets even worse, though, because the local diocese was forced to
4: close this convent. It's a sympathetic town. It is.
1: (laughs) That's what it says on the license plate. Minnesota. Aww. Oh, Oh, man. I think I I see a referendum for the next election.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Vote yes on... Aww. But anyway, it it gets even worse than that. (laughs) Now, don't push it.
1: Because the reason they had to close this convent was because... A fistfight broke
4: out among the three nuns. Swear to God, we found it on Fark.com. So now there
1: were these three unemployed homeless nuns just wandering the streets of Italy. They had no jobs. They had no practical workplace skills or training. They had no prospects. And we wondered, what were they going to do to survive? How could they Possibly earn a living in modern Italian
4: society. They can't that's ridiculous. Of course. It's silly. There's no way they're doomed, but then We realized there was one perfect obvious solution pay-per-view none fight So imagine
2: we're we're no longer here in this beautiful venue in this beautiful
4: cabin No, we are now in a vast boxing cathedral.
2: And here in the cathedral, a single microphone descends towards the boxing ring.
5: Ladies and gentlemen, we present our title bout for the evening. In this corner, weighing in at 114 pounds,
3: by way of the Sisters of Our Lady of the Immaculate Rise.
5: With a record of 23 and 1 With 15 knockouts, 3 TKOs 2 decisions, 3 conversions And 1 exorcism The High Priestess of Penance The Pounding Penguin The Assassin of the Passion The Stinging Nun and the Roman Catholic Wrecking Ball. From Dublin, Ireland, Sister Mary Catherine, the habit breaker <laughs> in the and in this corner weighing in at an even 82 pounds by way of the order of saint adelaide of perpetual confrontation with a record of 66 and six with one disqualification The Vatican vixen, the pontiff's pitbull, the original sinner, the homicidal bride of Christ, the assaulter from the altar, the undertaker and the mother superior of kicking pasty. From Mexico City, Sister Maria Teresa Garcia, Graciela Aguilera, Delgado, Francisco, Diego, Arroyo, Edigo, Montoya, Zapata, Paquito, El Guapo, Abuelita, De La Boom Boom, Mendoza. Patrice, a feeling, let's be to something. Now let's get ready to.
0: How did you guys get into rock band? Literally into it. Rock Band. That was actually through PAX, that
2: <laughs> the year previous, they, uh, for the first time, had decided for the main stage performers, they would, they would do a song from each one and have it as a PAX pack. And this was before they were doing the Rock Band Network. It was kind yes. of a novel idea. And then Four
0: Alton, Freeze Pop, and uh, MC Frontalot, I think? Yes, yep. Yep. correct. Yep.
2: And uh, I guess it went really well, uh, so they decided they would do it the year after that. And we were more than happy to uh, to do that. And we are looking at uh, adding more of our songs to Rock Band, even though <sighs> the, the instrumentation isn't
1: you know isn't exactly exact.
0: But yeah. I mean, I'm assuming because you guys play uh, acoustic. That, uh, well,
1: well, some of the recorded stuff is it has is uh, you know some of the studio versions of our songs are uh, you know with either real instruments or you know a real band or or fake band. Uh, yes, that's right. Sometimes things are faked. <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: I know. Okay, so what what songs are you guys considering? What would go into Rock Band? Paul wants to know. He's a big Rock Band fan. As are we. Uh-huh.
1: I think the most we we actually put out a poll for to our fans. I think the most popular ones. I think Frogger was was yeah. pretty yeah. handily the winner. Uh, I th- our song, uh, better version of you, I think some people requested. Mm-hmm. Uh, what Nugget else Man? was really w- Nugget, Nugget Man? Man. Yeah.
0: Oh, uh, Paul uh, has just sent me a message and says that uh, tell them I'm ninth in the world for on Xbox Live on vocals for opening band. Wow. <laughs> he is, he is that's fucking awesome on vocals. I wonder, how? I wonder how we would do. Yeah,
3: <laughs> probably not very well. You normally see that artists try to play their own songs. Just being able to sustain
0: the hello at the end. Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's insane. A I think you beat um, a dude from Linkin Park for a, a for sustain on that.
2: Well, he's not
1: an acapella public singer. Absolutely. That's right. He's not as talented as us, apparently. <laughs>
0: Dude's an amateur. Okay, so Chester Bennington. I'm calling him out. We, Chester Bennington versus Paul and Storm to the death. But uh, so, no, Okay, so you were thinking Frog of the Musical and uh, Better Version of You. Oh, yeah, that is good. I uh, love it that some people requested nun Fight. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 only vocals, but it would be awesome. Um, I'm assuming the captain's life's, wife's lament couldn't. Oh, possibly- yeah. Get in there, can't it?
1: That's uh, one... like The uh, the the question we'd had about that, we haven't really talked to those guys in a while, but uh, that was certainly highly requested. The problem is the studio version of that song, the whole first half, in fact, I'd say the first two thirds, there's not really any rhythm to
0: exactly. it. Exactly. It's just no
3: straight tempo. through, isn't it? Yeah. No tempo. It's just no sort tempo of
1: free, yeah, freely out, out of tempo, so how yeah. would you do
3: that? And also but, that song's to be played with the crowd as well. It's, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You reaction.
0: have to keep stopping and stop. Yeah, no.
1: yeah, okay. yeah at, Oh, I was going to say at the Woodstock shows, we've taken to, uh, you know, the two of us and, and Will and Adam will come out on stage, and we turned that into about a 20-plus 20 mi- 20 minute marathon at times. I think in Chicago, we went, uh, what was it, 42 34. minutes. Oh, yeah, she everything.
0: I thought you were exaggerating when you were saying you could do it for 52 minutes, but that's, that's pretty close. We used to be exaggerating about that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> although with
2: Woodstock, it's more like going back to the rat pack analogy sort of the opportunity, we've all done our individual things, where we're all together and just having so much fun, just playing off of each other. And then, like in Minneapolis, like we even had Neil Gaiman, who was Ooh, there, nice. uh, come out to uh, to do
0: a spooky R. Um, what be your favorite Neil Gaiman comic book?
4: <laughs> Never <war>.
0: Stardust, <laughs> 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 man.
1: Stardust. <laughs> oh, got it. Nothing. American Gods.
0: <laughs> Caroline. <laughs> you should just start. I was just thinking about Neil Gaiman stuff. It was technically he. We uh, uh, re- wrote, uh, re- wrote. He adapted
4: Bayard
0: Be- Wolf.
1: Yes, that's, that's right. True. In the- with Roger Avari. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Paul, is he out of jail yet? This. Uh, no, he is not out of jail. Oh,
0: <laughs> 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 poor guy. If you're listening, Roger, we're rooting for you. Seriously, come out and, uh, and, and adapt something else with gaming, because we do love us some Beowulf here. Okay, so that is a tangent and a half. Uh, yeah. Might yeah. I suggest...
1: Now, now, now you get the idea wh- how we can make the song last. <laughs> <laughs> might I suggest a Cruel, Cruel Moon?
2: Oh, yeah, that would be fantastic, because it is more of a straight-ahead rock and roll song. Yeah. Sure.
1: Possibly Counter-Ten? That would I don't. I don't know if they have. I know they have content uh, issues where they have to clean things up. Uh, but I don't think we say anything actually obscene in that song. We just imply a lot. Yeah, so. yeah. And it's mildly offensive in spots.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's that's it's vaguely, vaguely racially sensitive at a point. But I'm fairly <laughs> certain that people know you aren't being racist. Well, that's the thing. When we wrote it, it wasn't perceived that way at all.
2: Mm. And uh, events. Um, and of course, you know. If you have have not played the
0: song yet, you you wouldn't know what we're talking about. Let's play the song right now, so that's what we're talking about. You know
5: I love to count to ten, so I made this song. Everybody knows the words, why don't you sing along? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and ten. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and ten. Was a hockey player He always smiled real nice Till he took a nasty cross check And his teeth spilled on the ice Count them up 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 7, 8, 9, and 10 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 7, 8, 9, and 10 Starla is a stripper Working all night long and you her dignity for 10 bucks in her phone count the ones y'all One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and 10 One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and 10 connor and katie are catholics living in dublin town They don't use no prophylactics Cause they make the punter frown Count the kids now 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, and 10 That's a lot, y'all 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, and 10 Paris is a party girl You know you'd love to do Count up the diseases That she can give to you one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and ten. Get a shot, y'all. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and ten. Barbara has a boyfriend, sees him every night. Every time he drops his pants, she squeals with delight. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and ten. That's a lot, y'all. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and ten. Freddy was a farmer, made his living off the land. But now he counts a different way since the combine caught his hand. One, two, three, four, five, six, nine. One, two, three, four, five, six, nine. Kevin drives a cargo van from here to Mexico Bringing you cheap labor at 50 bucks a throw In the back there Uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco, seis, siete, ocho, nueve, diez Uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco, seis, seven, eight, nine, and ten Ten little Mexicans in the back of Kevin's van Kevin's going back again the Mexicans, ten friends, seven,
2: eight, nine, and ten. So, you can see at the end there. When we wrote that, um, immigration was not a big, hot topic issue here. It was certainly it, an issue.
0: It's been—it's um, so huge over here. We are. It, it is now.
2: It is now. Yes. Um, but when we wrote it, it wasn't at all. And. It actually makes me a little uncomfortable to perform that one live anymore. Because mm. Yeah, we sort of have people react to it
0: and in go away. Oh, they, they're talking about that when actually, mm. well, that reaction I don't mind because because it's almost
2: like we're making you think about it. We're making you deal with it. It's the people that cheer at the end. Oh shit! Yeah, we uh... yeah, that makes so... me very uncomfortable.
0: You should just stop at that message. point and go, wait, 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 wait a second. Get out, you fucking racist. <laughs> 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 That'd be great. Yeah,
1: um, we no, actually we took message. that one out of the rotation for a while. Oh. Uh, haven't played it for a while, that's just partly, partly for that purpose.
0: You shouldn't have to censor yourselves, but um, I don't know. Well, the thing would, is, you, would you adapt the song and just change that that last verse to something else? The, I
2: don't feel like it's censorship if, like, if we're not performing it because we are no longer ourselves comfortable. If it's because mm. we're afraid someone else will react to
3: it poorly, then that's yep. more of... Even authentic. if that is
0: in a positive way, which... In yeah, the but time and culture I changes.
3: I mean, you know, yeah. how many songs have gone through the history where they don't necessarily work now, although at the, at the time they were perfectly fine. So that's understandable sure. to leave saying out of a set after you know, a mm. period.
1: Okay. Yeah. Plus, yeah. plus we sang it a lot for a number of years yeah yeah
3: and we got very quest- tired of it for a while <laughs> and that's a good question i mean obviously you you have a fairly deep catalogue of work uh, with a number of songs i mean what, 200 maybe you know probably of your own per- par- private collection including
0: yeah, all they- the 10 second ones
3: <laughs> right <laughs> but do you do you actually generally get bored of, of playing some of the songs or the fact that they're so crowd interactive helps that no end
2: I would say the songs that do have the crowd interaction have a, a wider shelf life because mm-hmm. of that, because mm-hmm. it's no longer just about the song. And also, if you've seen us in concert before, comedy music isn't like uh, regular music. Like, mm-hmm. if, if you have a song that you love, you could hear it a hundred times and still get close to the same thing out of it. Mm-hmm. With comedy, once you know the joke, you know the joke. So there has to be something else besides yeah. just the joke that's good about the song. And it certainly helps, um, like even if we add a new song into the set list, suddenly all the other songs sort of seem new as well because you're kind of excited
0: about the new song. So mm. there are a lot of
2: ways to make the set feel fresh.
0: Oh, I'm also going to suggest for Rock Band Network, if Aaron Neville were waiting for a parking spot at the mall but someone else snagged it. <laughs>
5: and driving all around this here parking lot for what must be an hour or but then you you went and you stole it just wanted to get a little shopping done motherfucker
0: Yes, <laughs> it's it's what it's 12 seconds long, uh, ish, and it's just vocals. Oh no, there's a little bit of no no drums though, unfortunately. Sorry, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it could is. work with the new keyboard though, because uh, that's pretty- true. Yeah. That's right. Just
2: going to say, I don't know about you, Paul, but that's one that i, I don't think I ever get tired of doing.
1: <laughs> no, I—I I, I love the the little if songs. Just uh, the joke never gets old for me. And at this point, we've probably performed them hundreds of times. Yeah. So, uh, but I
0: don't know. Maybe I'm just easy to please. But uh, I
1: just—I just love those little short songs.
0: Let's have some if songs right now. We've got a little bit of time. Um, uh, let's have uh, if James Taylor were on fire.
6: Sure.
5: Somebody please, won't you get me a fire extinguisher And put me out I can't stand the heat Though I've seen fire and rain I can do
0: with a little less fire And uh, if Bob Dylan were hiding at the bottom of a well... I love that one.
3: So, have nice. you ever come across a, a situation where the audience just hasn't got it? I mean, I, I can't imagine it happening, but...
0: I can imagine it in England. Um, if you're like, hey, do you remember Schoolhouse Rock? No. We <laughs> was, remember a, Sesame Street, and that's if you asked nicely. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love how you said that like moss. Uh, uh, for, oh. uh, crowd.
0: Well, actually, <laughs> I do remember Sesame Street. I did used to tune into it every week, and it was excellent. <laughs> there you go.
2: I would Thanks say that general audiences. I'd say no, and even like when we go to England, we kind of go through our set list and say what what will they just not get. We've had mm. corporate gigs, industrial shows that are for you know, someone will hire us to entertain a group of I don't know farmers Ooh. or whoever.
0: <laughs> yeah. So you uh, do the uh, you do count to ten at that point. Well, <laughs> of course. <laughs>
2: But we've had some of those shows where we kind of felt like, what are we doing here? Oh, right, they're paying us a lot of money. <laughs> oh, right. Paul?
1: Oh, no, I was just going to say, uh, some of my favorite moments performing ever, in a couple of different cases, we performed the song Count to Ten, and at the end of the song, someone has come up to the stage. One time there was a, a guy who was actually missing oh. uh, three or, two or three fingers from a combine <laughs> yes.
0: accident. And said... <laughs> Hey, Mister Funny Man. We don't nope. we don't take kindly to you making jokes about no combine harvesters. No, <laughs> no he loves it. Great, oh, he loves it. Loved it. Great
1: <laughs> yeah, all his friends were sitting around him, pointing at him at uh, you know trying to get our attention and pointing at him, and he waved at us with his. But
0: so he was like, finally a song Uh-oh. for me. That's yeah. exactly right. Excellent. That is lovely, actually.
1: And, and then there was a song where a guy uh, came down to the front and handed us his artificial arm.
3: You no, know, <laughs> <laughs> oh. I that was first. a hook.
1: It was a hook hook hand. Yes, he actually had a hook hand, like one of those one of those grippy hooks. Yeah.
0: One, two, three, four, five, six. Click.
1: (laughs) 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 But it was it was great. I just I mean you know it it was it was one of those moments I maybe have been set into the microphone. Like how the heck did we get here? You know what what kind of life are we living? That we're like standing on stage and someone just handed us his artificial limb.
0: I don't think James Taylor or Bob Dylan or even Aaron Veal no. have ever no. had that happen to them.
1: And if they did, no, it, he, would, it would be awkward for them, for us,
0: which is,
2: <laughs> you know, kind of par for the course.
0: Oh, yeah. okay, right. Here's a little thing, just because, um, yeah, re- perfectly exemplary of regarding why some songs need to be live. Some of your... Um, like ten-second ones on opening band specifically, don't have any explanation before them, and the detail that you went into for the, uh, the, the Fresh Step kitty oh, thing. The, yeah, the um, and then it just goes straight in, and you're like, well no, hang on, they, they've gotta tell us <laughs> what this is about. Is there, was <laughs> there enough CD space at this point? Um, so, I tell you what, you guys explain it, and I'll play it. Yeah, this, that, that actually, that story is actually true, uh, for the
1: Fresh Step, uh, so, I think it was your your wife and and sister-in-law was it Storm? Yes. Yeah, uh, uh, my sister-in-law found it first. Uh. Okay. Uh found on the on the internet, found at the Fresh Step Kitty Litter website. They were actually running a jingle writing contest. <coughs> and this was very early in our uh, our
0: careers. So and were you guys? Have a duo. Oh, it's so just as a, when you were just Paul and Storm now, and you were not yeah, so
1: we had, yeah, we had just you know we'd been in this reasonably successful you know regionally successful group that was no longer in existence, and suddenly we're this duo who doesn't play their instruments very well and are scared to death of going out and performing live, <laughs> and uh, and there here's this jingle writing contest, and the prize was five thousand dollars or whatever it was, uh, and we actually for at least a short time seriously considered it, you know, oh wow, we could totally do this, this w- this yeah. would be awesome and uh and figured it would be very easy
0: <laughs> as it turned out oh, you we know, did not <laughs> <it>. no
2: <laughs> <laughs> you had to within 15 seconds um write a jingle that mentioned the product's name and also demonstrate the fun and magic of cats
0: and this is what you came up with yes and there we go <laughs> i
1: mean I, I i thought we nailed it i thought we nailed
0: yeah it. <laughs> yeah I mean, I, i'm certainly, astonished you certainly, didn't win it certainly meets all of the criteria i i can only imagine the one that did win was like a little ring a ding ding everyone yeah. loves cats and like a little cat just rolling around not even a sign of the litter until the very end when it just had like a packet of litter and it went litter. <laughs> <laughs> just a guess I think,
1: I think we got a lot
0: What's more out of it yeah no, yeah you're we, absolutely right we
1: did. We got at least $5,000 worth of enjoyment for ourselves out of it, <laughs> oh. if nothing else.
2: Cats are fun and magical when you can't smell their poop. Fresh step!
6: <laughs> <laughs> it, did, it didn't make Less, a list. less
0: than 20 seconds <laughs> has mentions the, the product. product. Was it massively difficult to actually try to be sincere and also talk about the product? The product, yes. which is such an inane that, product. That I mean, actually, no offense to Fresh step, but yeah.
2: Well, no, it happens to us, uh, it's happened to us a number of times where we've, we've set out to write a serious song. But just our, our, natural instinct is not to do that. <laughs> is to, to entertain by being funny. Yeah. Um, so
1: yeah. the, the song Lullaby, uh, off of, uh, is mm. that on, do you like Star Wars, I guess? I think it is. Yeah. I so. Uh, or no, I guess, it, or is it, I will sing a lullaby. Uh, that, that was, you know, I, I had set a little task for myself at one point, you know, let's see if I can write an actual plain old love song. And maybe ten minutes into the effort, I gave up because uh, I, you know, I wasn't very good at it, and it's not nearly as fun. And so we went in the opposite direction of, you know, well, what is the most uh, bizarre angle we could take on on this this type thing? And I had just, uh, you know, it, it's not exactly a timely reference at this point, but uh, I had not too pre- long previously heard the
0: uh, Coldplay "Fix You" mm-hmm. song. Mm. Which ironically, I have sung as a lullaby for my baby at once.
1: Sure, I mean it's a beautiful it's a beautiful song, but it is so there there's sort of such a calculated, (laughs) you know, like sort of (laughs) nurturing, uh, female friendly.
6: Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, it's it's so designed for a specific female audience that I had made the joke, you know, the the song. Couldn't be any more female friendly unless he was singing it directly into a
0: woman's vagina. <laughs> okay, right. I and think it, you've it up it, enough that we can now play. I will sing a lullaby.
5: Sorrow grabs your heart and it's getting colder When the shadows are around you and the clouds block out the sun There is still a path by the light above my door When you feel like a lamb among the lions When you've nothing left to give and feel like dying when you just don't have it in you To take another step I will be right here To help you take one
6: more
5: And I will take you by the hand
6: And I will say I
5: understand And I will give you comfort. Your own leads through the fire when you're sad and your vagina's also oh tired. When your lady parts are weary, and your soul hurts from the strain. I will be your strength and your vagina's friend. When your every day is the darkest of the season. When existence seems to lose all of its reason When the flower of your womanhood feels broken and afraid I will help your womb get on its feet again And I will gently stroke your hair And rest your head upon my tongue And I will say how much I care about And I will make you whole and I will see.
6: Be still, vagina Oh, sleep, vagina, soon Hush, vagina Don't cry, vagina Oh, sleep, vagina, sleep.
3: this a second ago, but what is the design process of coming up with the songs? So something like NumPy. How does that
6: formulate?
0: <laughs> how how
3: do you come up with that?
1: Speaking of cats in the background, Jesus, somebody's cat was pissed back there. Whose that, was I, that?
0: Sorry, It's it's my cat, because my dog's got all the monopoly on purring. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that will piss cats
0: off when the dogs start purring. Oh, man, that's when they rise up. <laughs> <It's Weird. laughs> Listen. Rule number two of podcasting: ignore the cat. That's the thing I've learned. It's uh, she's turned up in several of my other podcasts. I don't mention it. You guys are breaking the magic here. Yeah, oh, that's right. It's totally fun and it. magic. <laughs> <laughs> and how very topical, indeed. Okay,
1: so how do you make uh, them fight? Uh, go ahead, Storm. You can start on the on the process thing.
2: Um. Well, in, in general, uh, there's just a a spark. You can call it, or just an idea just appears, and it, it can come from a lot of places. Maybe um, like with Paul, that he had, had been listening to the Coldplay song, and that got his mind going, and then whatever it is in his mind that twists things and makes it interesting in a different way. And I like then, to think yeah. of him as
1: a small demon.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the horns and perhaps a little beard. Uh, looks a lot like me, I imagine. He's um, got a little
1: got a little pitchfork, and he prods me in the, in the cerebellum. <laughs>
2: And then, and then there, there's the work part after that. Like you might have a funny initial idea, but maybe it's, it's very short. And early on, the instinct was you have to, every idea has to be a full song and you'd end up with songs that were very little joke and a lot of filler. Hmm. Um, and that's why we do have a lot of short songs. We recognize, no, this is just a joke that's good for 12 seconds. So why should yeah. It, yeah. we should try to pad it out any more than that? And then um, sometimes the songs will be uh, written mo- mo- mostly by one of us or the other, but more often than not, um, once the idea, the spark is there, we'll toss it back and forth, um, sort of like the Lennon-McCartney thing, yeah. where if you get stuck or it sort of becomes stale, send it to the other guy, and then all of a sudden, oh, no, well, I see what you can do yeah. here.
1: We're, we're very similar people in a lot of ways. We have kind of a, a, a very similar upbringing and similar tastes. Uh, but we're different enough that, uh, you know, we, I, th- I like to think we bring enough of a different perspective on each other's work that yeah. it's a really nice partnership. And, and it's, you know, need, need, it's not like one of us is doing all the heavy lifting and the other is just sort of there and, and throws in a, a, a conjunction or a verb every once in a while. Or it, it really is sort of a nice collaborative uh, partnership, I mean, on most of our songs, you know we can we can usually point out who had the initial idea, and on some of them, one of us may have done a lot of the work, but on a lot of them it's sort of i I have a tough time remembering you know who contributed yeah. what yeah so that's kind of nice actually
3: so mm-hmm. is it hard to put the funny in
2: well, it usually starts with the funny like if it doesn't start with the funny, it's hard to make something that isn't funny funny mm. and more often than not. Our songs start from the joke, although some songs, opening band uh, was actually a hybrid where we had a um, a um riff, like that opening riff that you hear mm-hmm. was a musical idea that had been around for a while that we had, um, and it, it had no purpose. And then we had decided we wanted to write a song about being the opening band, and that riff was remembered, and all of a sudden it was, oh, yes, that's perfect for that mm-hmm. idea. Yeah. So the song still really came from the humor, or at least the hook, um, but, but that if we hadn't had the music before, it might not have come together the same way. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I will say it's not so much that it's hard to get the funny in. Uh, the, the hard part a lot of the time for us, I think, is uh, making sure it is both funny and still like a good song yeah. Yeah. at the same time, because it's real easy to err on one side or the other, uh, and it just sort of throws it off. You know, it's 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 a tough balancing act, basically, because we really you know, we we like to try and and pride ourselves on our songs are not only funny, but they're also good songs that so they're interesting to listen to beyond the that first or second time once you get the joke. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, you know, mo- most people perceive us as a comedy act first and a music act is sort of a secondary thing, which is fine. Uh, but, you know, the, the pressure is on us to make sure that the funny is enough funny is in there. I mean, mm. and that was as Storm was getting to before. Uh, one of the sort of lessons we learned along the way is uh, that if you're going to make. A full-length song, a full-length comedy song. You better damn well make sure that the the concept can sustain an entire full-length comedy song. Mm. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, it's just. I mean, there's there's very little in this world that is more difficult to listen to than a song that started off kind of amusing and then stops being funny for yeah, wow. and just hammers it into the ground. And then it's like two and a half more minutes of ugh, this same joke over and over, or just the funny stops, and it's just it's it's like embarrassing for everyone involved.
2: No, and I that's just, just, that's part of what separated Weird Al Yankovic from anybody else, Yeah. and that he's been a, a model for us in, in a lot of ways, in that underneath what he's doing, well, hmm. first of all, when he does a parody, it's funny all the way through. It's not just that the chorus is funny and the rest is just filler. No, hmm. every bit of it is well-constructed, and then the music underneath it, he's meticulous about that. Whether it's a parody, he will get it exactly right to the original or for his original songs the same thing that the music itself is well composed and it's compelling and because it's funny i think a lot of people don't see that they just think oh well, that was that was really funny um, but it wouldn't work unless all that other work is done as well.
0: And he's absolutely not perfect. I'm, I can't remember which song it was. I think it was actually probably American Pie, which I sang uh, the story so far to along mm-hmm. to. I think it was on Sing Store, and I got really, really high points on that, just singing the alternative lyrics because he was spot on the note each time. And I actually <laughs> knew it better than I knew American Pie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who was uh, Molly Lewis, who we saw uh, with you guys at PAX last year?
1: Oh, I was going to say, she's, uh, she's a, a, a singer-songwriter. She's a student. I think at this point she's 20 years old. Whoa. Uh, and uh, Jonathan actually found her. Jonathan Colton, quote-unquote, found her. Uh, she had been doing some YouTube. She plays the ukulele, and she does some original songs, and sh- she also does some covers. And I, I think she was originally discovered uh, by him through she did a cover of one of his songs, uh On YouTube, I cannot remember at this point which one was the first one mm. uh but she 's just absolutely charming and a really good performer and just you know the unbelie- unbelievable degree of raw talent for for how young she is and a razor sharp wit but in a
2: way that's very uh it's very appealing um and it's it is frightening uh to think that she's she's just in college now and that uh it's really uh Nice to see how she's continuing to, uh, to to wrestle with everybody who's trying to do creative things. Wrestles with them and
1: see how she uh, how she grows. So it's great. But but we just love her and uh, she's. I mean, you know, she's she's smart and geeky, and you know, we've had her perform at a number of the Wootstock shows as well, and she's just sort of part of part of the group at this point.
0: Yeah, well, that's why I absolutely love Nerdcore so much because you will not get that in any other. Medium where you can do a parody or a reference m- a video on YouTube and get seen by the person who you're parodying because mm-hmm. they're on YouTube that much as well, uh, yeah. and then within months be up on stage with them. Tell me <laughs> one other situation when that's happened. Um, it's... See, the weird thing was, when when Tony and I interviewed Joko, I had just gotten into him like three, four weeks beforehand. I was like, "Well, we're going to PAX. So I wonder if we can get an interview with uh, Jonathan Coulton. I'd probably better get into him now. Uh And so I knew his songs, but I wasn't like totally in love with the act. Yeah, deeply. In, yeah. yeah, no. I think if I had been as, you know, completely blown away by him then, as I am now, that I mm-hmm. just would have gone, I'm ha, as <laughs> nice to meet you. But I just managed to maintain a professional air. Um, but, uh, I, I said that the best thing about Nerdcore was that you can't manufacture it, and it couldn't be mass-marketed, because by its very nature, it'll only appeal to people who like genuine stuff. And, mm-hmm. and something that actually speaks from the heart. You can't sign bands <laughs> who aren't genuine, on a mass scale like that. There, there is something of a
2: parallel in it with, um, with popular music. There are a lot of acts throughout popular music history, um, mm-hmm. and again, I know mostly uh, U.S. music, where there are bands that had very firm fan bases, but then they did a song that just sparked the popular imagination. Mm-hmm. That to most people, that's who they are. Like in the States... Um, Try to think of. Um, I'm sure, there are a number of British bands that were one-hit wonders over here that were the well, New Madness. Radicals, Madness. Um, they had a hit with Our House, mm-hmm. and for most people in the U.S., it's just a one-hit wonder. And but if they hadn't had this entire culture and career behind them that was very successful, mm-hmm. they wouldn't have had that success. So I think the same thing might be true, of if you want to call it Nerdcore where you have your fans of it that will appreciate the breadth of it. Mm. But then there might be something that comes out of it from any of these acts, and be it music or video or podcast or whatever, that will spark the popular imagination.
0: Ah. So you're you're actually talking about it more from a perspective uh, that um, it's quite feasible for you guys or Joko to actually come up with a song that really will have that kind of, of, uh, I, I say mass appeal, but that sounds almost negative. But will... Capture the hearts of many people outside of its original chosen genre fans.
2: Yeah, it's it's possible. I wouldn't say that it's an objective because, like you were saying, if you try to manufacture that, yes. it will just come across as phony.
3: Yeah, I I, th- I would argue that you've already succeeded at that. Yeah, business. absolutely, both of you. But the problem is getting across major airplay, it's which just is how you take it that next step.
2: Although you don't, I think that's uh, it's a changed world. That's still a model for doing things <clears> is. <throat> hit the mass market and it mm-hmm, brings mm-hmm, money mm-hmm. but that anymore because of all these tools you have online to reach your fan base directly mm. you don't have to do it that way that you can have a broad enough fan base um, that's not everyone in the world but broad mm. enough to sustain you but,
3: and the truth is surely i mean you you, know, you you you've done a tour across the uk you know many places around the world I assume at this point and also mass tour across America so I mean what are we talking about here that you're not packing out Wembley Stadium well I'm not <laughs> too sure that you know there's certain bands that did, you know are going to do that and there's certain bands that aren't but hey. I imagine you touring across you know most of most of the states there's, there's got to be what 20 20,000 people at least over those over those all those gigs
0: we oh, saw the Foo yes. Fighters, the Foo Fighters at Wembley Stadium, and the acoustics were horrible. So don't fret about not being able to play that. No, but... <laughs> <laughs> Carry on.
2: Certainly, when we when we devise our rock band, we would aspire to Wembley Stadium. Um, but really, with what we're doing now, um, I honestly don't think it would be as much fun. And mm. like with Woodstock, um, it's growing exponentially. But again, I don't see it going into theaters much larger than the 800 to 1500 you get larger Mm. than that you start to lose a lot of intimacy let alone Mm. uh, sound quality and it's that feeling of connection i think that we really thrive on
0: i think one of the uh, main issues is that uh, a lot of your well a a huge amount of your community are all spaced out over the whole world connected by the intertubes but not actually uh, able to pack themselves into local stadiums right um well, hey, uh, just slightly off that subject, what was Masters of Song Foo?
1: That was a online songwriting competition uh, that a guy we know named Ken Plume uh, put together. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was sort of, if you're familiar with Iron Chef, the show at all, yeah. Uh, yeah. it was sort of a songwriting version of Iron Chef where there would be uh, a couple of masters so to speak of which we functioned as as one or two I guess uh along with people like Jonathan Colton uh who would go up against quote unquote amateurs where we'd be given there'd be different rounds and in each round you'd be given a, a theme ingredient so to speak or a task or or you know an idea around which to base a song or mm-hmm a constraint for a song like this song has to be 37 seconds long or has to use the following words or has to be about one of the following things. Mm. Um, and it was just sort of a little, you know, a neat little songwriting challenge uh, that we took on at the time uh, and so it got some great things out of it. Uh, it it's sort of Stor- Storm and I have a long history of uh, both of us individually and, and combined of, of sort of, we're people who claim that we thrive under pressure, uh, but mostly because I, I know, speaking for myself, I usually tend to need a deadline yeah. to, to really get something accomplished. Mm. Uh, and these were, you know, these this would be, you know, you, each round, which usually you'd have about a week uh, from the time you receive the task to the time you have to turn the song in. So it was a very quick turnaround for a lot of these things, but it sort of forces you to do nothing but sit down and concentrate on the task at hand. Mm uh and and avoid distractions. And we managed to get some great things, uh like the song Live, which I was, was just about Yeah. Uh well go ahead go on about uh
2: Live, Storm. Um well Live, it was um the challenge was to write a song in the style of your opponent and our opponent was Jonathan. And we were trying to come up with the right angle to do it. Uh we were thinking, well maybe we can do sort of a hyperbole of a Jonathan Colton song and have it be about, you know,
1: uh, robot, Monkey, you know, pr- put everything into one. Yeah, I believe um, the, r- the original song, I think, was going to be called Secret Agent Super Ninja Robot Wizard Monkey. <laughs> which I we may still write. write right <laughs> yeah, yeah you know, um, it, that that one really should still see the light of day at some point. But part of the challenge was that it
2: was, wasn't supposed to be a parody, that you were supposed to actually write that style song. So um the idea we came around to was... um to actually write something that he he might possibly have written, so it had a subject matter um, that was esque, a mad scientist, and um, a story that had some real heart to it mm. that was a departure from what we typically write mm. um, and then we it was very hard um, you know I play the guitar, but not especially well um and or at least. Compared to many, <laughs> including Jonathan, and um, so getting his style down well enough to uh, so that when you hear it, you think, "Oh yes, uh, that sounds like something that he might play." Um, and it all came together well, and now um, we really find that it uh, it reaches audiences very well, even if they're not super into Jonathan. It helps if they are and are familiar with his music, mm. but that um, again, getting back to sort of what we do in comedy that it's nice to have something in the set that isn't purely for the laughs that it's yeah. almost like you can breathe in some fresh air and then back to the funny
0: it's it's one of your best songs i've got to say and you absolutely nailed his style you got a great ear on that let's play live right now this is a song about a mad scientist who has difficulty finding love
5: So long Every night And every day Been through hours and hours Of research And dozens of graves The perfect girl Turns out was just Too hard to find So I had To make her But can I make her mine Will she be Friendly Or will she break free Will she terrorize the villagers? Will she notice me? Hard work and science are what I have to give And all I'm asking in return Is that you live I know I'm smart But a madman's all they see Now there's finally a person Who might love me for me She holds my heart Like the way that I held hers The one from the cadaver Igor just disinterred Left nothing to chance now Double-checked every stitch The Tesla coils are charging up Igor, throw the switch Hard work and science are what I have to give And all I'm asking in return Is that you live They call me a monster For making a monster But what is a monster? Someone frightening the mob Someone playing God Or is it someone too scared to understand And so they stand in love's way Now here they come Sounds like the rabble's roused again With their torches and their pitchforks About to break in There's just no point In trying to make them understand I'll wait here by her gurney Holding on to her hand Her eyes open slowly She gives me a smile Now we've got each other At least for a while Hard work and science are what I have to give and all I'm asking in return
0: And you also did Cruel, Cruel Moon at that point, which uh, – was that um, the – were you up against Space Doherty? Uh, no, yes. Uh, no, not that. Was, uh, oh, that
1: no, was a right. uh right. We were uh, – he wrote Always the Moon for that uh, – oh. the task was just to write a song about the moon.
0: Again, absolutely heartbreaking harmonizing when you performed it at PAX with him. Oh, Thanks, Always the Moon, Yes. Yeah. That's a fun one um so yeah so uh okay, so you yeah, did cruel. Cruel, which is also fucking brilliant, I think would uh, could easily, i've have you seen the um there's a bunch of Warcraft videos to Joko and uh, Joko music and I think uh, there, there's definitely one of cool cruel moon uh, which has w- uh wargan going absolutely ballistic um
1: yes, that was uh spiff uh that's the guy uh, I'm trying yeah. to remember his real name now we should Mike, get him uh, uh, Mike Smith a uh, spiff booth. That's right mike yeah mike's fifth booth uh yeah he's he's done a bunch of great uh world of warcraft videos for Jonathan stuff, and he was yep. nice enough to do uh he, he did the captain's wife lament for us too he did indeed,
0: yes. which must have been great fun we're gonna and live yeah mm-hmm. indeed, and yeah, very true yeah it's it's just that. <laughs> See, I watched them before I actually um, <laughs> saw you guys live, so it's like yeah. I couldn't get the Warcraft out of my head. Sure, uh, yeah. Including with the, with the Joko stuff, so it's, it was... it's I mean, Mr. Fancy Pants, the first time I ever heard that was when I saw it in the, uh, <laughs> it was, it was the Warcraft thing, so... Cruel,
5: cruel moon, please don't come out tonight Cause when you do, my Emily Lou and me are gonna have a fight they say the full moon's meant for lovers, but you're gonna break my heart. Cause when you shine, that baby of mine will turn into a werewolf and rip out my throat and kill me. Four weeks ago, me and Emily, Lou were on the North England took late one night against advice, when went a walkin' on the moors. She thought she saw a doggy underneath the full moon's light. But when she tried to pet that doggie, it gave her a nasty bite. Didn't think too much about it until this morning when I wrecked There was some kind of monster out last night, and eighteen folks were dead. My baby slept there next to me with blood caked in her claws. Tattered clothing, guts and entrails clenched between her jaws. Cruel, cruel moon. Please don't come out tonight Cause when you do, my Emily Lou and me are gonna have a fight They say the full moon's meant for lovers, but you're gonna break my heart Cause when you shine, that baby of mine will turn on me And rip my lungs out, and julie and my liver Every time you think you know someone, that's when they change again. So, Mr. Moon, can you help me out of this doggone fix I'm in? I lock my baby in the basement and reinforce the door. But when she's done like she's going to settle up the score. My finger's on the trigger of this gun full of silver bullets. But, Mr. Moon, I love my Emily too much to pull it. My daylight's running out soon, and this door won't hold for long. One last chance now, Mr. Moon, won't you listen to my song? Cruel, cruel moon, please don't come out tonight. Cause when you do, my Emily Lou and me are gonna have a fight. They say the full moon's meant for lovers, but you're gonna break my heart. Cause when you shine, that baby of mine will painfully transform Just like that guy from an American werewolf in London Then she'll tear my eyeballs from their sockets Then I won't see my baby
0: anymore Two more songs and then we are out of here uh, Sure Nugget Man Yeah Infotainment <laughs> as far as that's, I can tell, most, most of the, uh, the most of the um, information within that song is true. At a certain it is. point, it,
2: it goes off the rails into
0: fiction. yeah, the thing about Wendy and Popeye.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, but actually, I mean, I, I think Storm was the one who actually looked up various ingredients to chicken nuggets. So that list that we rattle off halfway through the song of uh, of chicken nugget ingredients, I believe, is all at least to the extent that Wikipedia can be trusted. Uh, yeah, I think that's true. all true. That was that one was written, uh, we, we were doing, uh, for about a year and a half, we wrote songs on a reasonably regular basis for the Bob and Tom show, mm-hmm. based on, uh, it, it was a project called News to Us, where we would take a, a, a news story, a current ah. news story, and write something about it. And that was one where that gentleman, Dr. Robert C. Baker, C. died, and we read the story, and somehow, I mean, I think we'd had a, a, a Jones to write a sort of gospel-ish song yeah. for a while i know i had uh and somehow that all just sort of fell into place and uh and it's another one that's very popular with with the the nerds of the waving around of the of the layer the yeah
0: yeah that uh that got a great upswell of uh into see for me i would only heard opening that band before and uh, uh cool Cruel cool moon before i actually saw you guys so that was uh again it's like each time You sang a new song. It was like a little gift you laid in my lap. (laughs) Thank you very much. That one was also awesome. Thank you very much. And you guys, again, I don't want you to polish your knobs on this one, but you guys and Joko were just shooting out like hits off, hit after hit for that Thank particular you. one that was, no, we, it was such I still a
3: think it was the best thing we did at PAX I mean, uh, yeah, it, it, helps it was, the was worth that that the,
0: back price back. the price of going to PAX from England just for wow. those to yes. oh,
3: no, seriously it was I mean it, it helped the fact that it was about one o'clock too.
0: oh yeah we forgot well, to that. tell <laughs> you we were on English time <laughs> oh, so, um, oh right yeah about so you about like, were seven. like, yeah, like three in the morning when it actually finished we were uh, like eleven in the morning our time so we were Ooh. just like zombified and this was after three days of being up constantly right.
1: you, were, you were ready for 11 at that point weren't yes. you yes I
0: came I, I came back to uh to the room while I was sharing with Paul and uh, I pretty much like laid my head down and that was about the time that Paul got up he' was like oh I need to stretch my legs <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh yeah it was it was so worth it, it really was and uh yeah <laughs> let, let's let's play nugget man for everyone there
5: Robert C Baker died on a Monday We all know his work, although few knew his name. A Cornell professor who taught poultry science, forever enshrined in the Poultry Hall of Fame. Eighty-four years' worth of food innovation. Chicken dogs, turkey dogs, and turkey ham. Beyond them all stands Baker's greatest creation For Baker begat Chicken nuggets for man Oh Nugget Man Oh Nugget Man Heading on down to that old promised land Happy the meals all have been Since the day that the Nugget Man 50s changed the way children and college kids eat when he invented a way to get ready to adhere much better to raw chicken meat his new method led fast food chains in the 80s to develop and market a new bite-sized snack food Made from mechanically recovered meat and anti-foaming products. Reconstituted meat slurry and extra chicken skin for its binding properties. Oh Nugget Man, oh Nugget Man, heading on down to that old promised land. ers is mourning with Popeye the colonel has arranged a 21 gun salute. The churches are silent but for Wendy's weeping and Ronald has hung up his big yellow clown suit. Robert C. Baker's last will was specific that his bones be removed and he be ground up real fine. To place his remains into small cardboard coffins And bury the pieces six at a time
0: Tell us about the Captain's Wife's Lament, and tell us about your plans for the future, and then we will finish on the live version of the Captain's Wife's Lament. Okay.
2: Uh, Captain's Wife's Lament is one of the few songs that we do in our set that we also did with Da Vinci's Notebook, the acapella band.
1: Uh-huh. Although was, the way we do it now is very, very different. I'm yeah, to it hear was. That version. I think that uh, I think it was the last song we ever wrote for Da Vinci's Notebook, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. Correct, though we never recorded it with DaVinci's notebook. Yes, that is also correct. There is, there are some YouTube versions of it out there with the old band. Uh, but.
4: The ship sailed into harbor after 15 months at sea. The captain hit the tavern with his crew of 53. After drinking up their pay they staggered through the town But but all the inns and public houses turned the sailors down The captain said, fear not me lads, you all can come with me I live just round the corner and you all can stay for free But when the captain's wife awoke upon
5: the break of day They say that you could hear her wailing Clear to
6: Bodney Bay
1: But when we adapted it as a duo, we sort of... uh, Part of it is just, you know, finding new and interesting ways to perform a song just so you don't get tired of it as a performer. And part of it was expanding on things that worked. The introduction and opening section of that song just would keep getting embellished and longer and longer. Uh, And (laughs) at a certain point, it almost became a challenge... Just to see how long we could push <laughs> that song uh, and still you know and not have the, the
0: audience go into open revolt, <laughs> I can't imagine anyone revolting at that song. It's well, just so like is, unifying at least the shows that I've seen yeah,
2: we've, we've become good at it, that mm. you you know the point isn't just to make it longer, but to make it entertaining and to continue to top yourself.
6: Yeah. Like, yeah, that's the
2: trick. If you're no longer topping yourself, that's when you have to, you know, move it along. Yeah. yeah. But uh, but that when we're doing like we were saying the 34 or more minute version at Woodstock, that was just because we kept topping ourselves and at a certain point it didn't matter, you know, it just been everybody was just getting too tired, but we probably could have gone on for another
3: Hour. <laughs> so I'm, I'm expecting the next two years. There's there's going to be a Paulina Storm, just Captain's Wife lament show, and that's it. That's all yeah, going actually to we're, we're that
1: going an, to have an entire uh, convention weekend.
3: <laughs>
1: you know we'll we'll start the song and after a couple of hours we'll break for lunch and then everyone can break out into you know little meetings and such and then we'll get back together around four o'clock and do the song for a while later and then have
0: dinner and
3: higher outfits must be worn at all times yeah. you guys have we'll, got
0: my two-year-old child going <laughs> our, our, our work is has been worth it then that's
1: <laughs> really is what it's all about, is corrupting the young for us. So.
0: Fortunately, she doesn't understand the double entendre. Oh. <laughs> oh, no, that's, that's the beauty of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, we will, pl- we will play out with that one after you tell us your plans for the future, and then we will pitch the shit out of your albums. Well, I,
2: I guess what we want in the future is just uh, continued and greater success of what we've been doing, mm-hmm. in that um, in addition to the touring, we want that to continue to Draw people and have fun with it, and woodstock to grow. And when we have interesting ideas, whether they're songs or things for the podcast or other projects, just to continue to to have fun and make a living being creative. I think that's uh, all that that I could ever hope for.
0: Me too.
3: Any new albums forthcoming? Maybe. Uh,
1: well, our latest one just came out uh, earlier this year.
0: Ah, you did. Public- what was that one called? It was called Do You Like Star Wars? And can you get The Captain's Wife's Lament on Do You Like Star Wars? As a matter of fact, you can get uh, a live version of said same song can. on that album. What was that? You can get two versions of Nun Fight? Yes, That's both a recorded... And a live version of it. And is it true you can get Frogger, the Frogger musical, which is the one tenuous link to video games in this entire episode? We are a video game (laughs) podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh, sorry about that. Please don't write us any emails saying, what the fuck was that to do with video games? We just did our E3 podcast. Uh, We're a little bit sick of video games.
1: We we we, we talked about um, uh, uh, opening band and and, uh, rock band. Yes, we did.
0: Very important rock band upcoming news. You learned it here fast, folks.
1: That's right. So any of you guys complaining out there can go, you know, fuck yourself.
0: I don't think anyone's
1: well, gonna. Well,
3: actually, that, Paul and Stormer are actually in a video game. There's not many other people that we've had on the show that could claim that. Ah, oh, very true. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah. We, dude, there's he's got like, that purring dog. There's of my balls. purring cat. <laughs> <laughs> Barking cat. Yes. Okay, uh, and the other albums you have, uh, Gumbo Pants, released in 2007, which happens to have on it the non-live version of, and uh, I would say somewhat inferior version of the Captain's Wife's Lent, <laughs> Uh simply because he just like oh, s- stop for a minute, talk about the dejected R, uh, but this also has Nugget Man, Counter I mean, seriously, I-, I would recommend all of these. I don't actually I haven't listened to News for uh, News to Us, but I will be buying it straight after this one can can we buy it, can we buy it directly from your website? Funny
2: enough, you can. if you go to <laughs> pollinstorm dot com we have many ways in which you can
1: purchase our creative products and and I, you can which, preview every single song in its entirety for free on our site.
0: Why, you can't even do that on iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming you guys get more money if we do it with the from the uh, from your website rather than from iTunes. We do, oh, actually. Well, then you should definitely go to, was it com. <laughs> That's the one. paulandstorm.com. <laughs> and I, I will be doing that very shortly to get hold of uh, News To Us, which is your second album.
3: You can find all the links in the show notes.
0: <laughs> we'll link, <laughs> link all of this. And uh, the first uh, album your, of yours, which I actually bought from you guys, you signed it for me. Thank you very much. That's yeah, going My words. Was uh, Opening Band. Ah uh, yes. Which, of course, starts with Opening Band. Uh, Seriously, folks, if you uh, would like to uh, hear more of the uh, music that you've uh, heard in in, in this podcast, then by all means, go straight through the links uh, to uh, paulandstorm.com. It has been an absolute pleasure to have you guys on. Likewise. Have a super time. Digital Cowboys will be back in two weeks' time. The episode will be about which is your favourite Zelda game. Go straight to the forums if you'd like to be part of that episode. Well, that has been us, the Digital Cowboys. We'll be back next week. I've been Alex Shaw.
3: I've been Tony Atkins.
0: This is the Captain's Wife's Lament, and I want every single one of you, if you're sitting on a train or a bus, to be going, (laughs) arrr, Even if it's under your breath. (laughs) You'll see Arl next week. (laughs) See you later. Happy happy (laughs) treyarls.
4: But enough of this yakking, because it is now time for a song about pirates! I think they'd be ready for this one. Indeed. Scurvy crew. Uh oh! The perilous lighting! (laughs) It's red skies at night, sailors' delight. Orange sky behind us. Something needs to remind us. us. (laughs) We're right here, you can find us. (laughs) With the panties, they shall bind us. One panty to rule them all. <laughs> oh man, do I love a geek crowd. Um, okay. You are going to be our swarthy pirate crew, and when we cue you, and only when we cue you that that was not a cue, it was a waggle. When we cue you, let forth with a full-throated piratical R. Practice it now! Arr! Hit me two times. Arr! Arr! Hit us pi times. Arr! couple of you going off the gangplank a little early there. That would be the public school students rounding up to four. There's some very oblong circles out here in Minneapolis, I guess. (laughs) Oblong circles is our Oingo Boingo (laughs) cover (laughs) day. All right, one more time, practice. Excellent.
1: It has been our pleasure performing for you this evening. This last song is called The Captain's Wife's Lament. We are beginning it at 8.26 p.m. Those of you who have not seen us, I mention that because you will be wondering why we are still singing it at 9.17 p.m. (laughs) And those of you who have seen us know that I am
4: not kidding. (laughs) The ship sailed into harbor after 15 months at sea. The captain hit the tavern with his crew of fifty three. That's be ye. Gimme an R What's that spell? Arr! Everyone passes the pirate SAT. Tis no pirate left behind. <laughs>
1: It's gonna be one of these crowds tonight, then, huh? <laughs> took, us, took us 48 minutes to figure you out, but now we got you clocked.
4: <sighs> one more time!
1: Arr! I'm just marking time because I forgot where
4: we were. Ah, yes, crew of 53! After drinking up their pay, they staggered through the town. But, but all the inns and public houses turned the sailors down, dejected are.
2: Aw, oh, sympathetic pirates. Give us a pity,
4: R. <laughs> Give us a surprised, R. R. Give us a suave, Billy D. Williams sexy, R. R. Yeah, you some sexy pirates.
2: <laughs> you truly belong with us here among the clouds. <laughs> Give us a confused, R. R. Give us a Scooby-Doo, R.
4: Same thing with a little extra gravy on top. (laughs) Uh, For you
1: Top Chef fans out there, apparently confusion plus gravy equals Scooby-Doo.
4: 8.28, four lines in. We dejected, a dejected R, R. Speaking of
1: which, No, not yet I'm going to let him wait Because we've got a good 12, 24, 80 more minutes of this song Closer to 80 judging by this
4: bunch Dejected R. R The captain said, fear not me lads You all can come with me I live just around the corner And you all can stay for free Hopeful R what kind of socks you like best? Arda! Where can you find on the radio dial Garrison Keillor? And what's your favorite character? What he plays? Yeah. our friend is one a chunky house lights where was he
1: oh that's good shine a light in our there we, there we go <laughs> that's called pandering to the regional
4: crowd <laughs> Who's your favorite droid? R-T-U. From your favorite movie? Star Wars. what, be, what be your favorite chemical element? Argonaut. What's your favorite crime? Arson. Wait, who said our ape? <laughs> Tis not cool. <laughs> nay means nay. <sighs> Uh. Oh, you know Since the momentum has yet again Ground to a screeching halt Now's as good a time as ever To mention the official Paul and Storm Dejected R
1: T-shirt for sale
4: Complete With a treasure map on the back That leads to the end of this song But we left Oh so long ago at Hopeful R. R. But when the captain's when wife awoke upon the break of day, they say that you could hear her wailing clear to Bodney Bay. Did we ask for a Shatner R? but thank you for enabling us, sir. <laughs> that would, of course, be a Shatnar. <laughs> Who be your favorite bald captain of the Enterprise? <laughs> okay, we're going to do one more, then we'll finish... Shh. <laughs>
1: Steer the ship into Ritalin Bay. we we'll to do one more, we're going to finish the song, then we'll be done, and you all can go pee.
2: After you get out there. Yeah, not immediately. Back
1: there. That's not an order.
2: Guthrie's
4: too nice. Just a suggestion. Yeah. (laughs) Pirates have no manners. (laughs) (laughs) All right, seriously, shut the hell up. Be very quiet. One final R. She said there's semen all around the bed.
1: There's in the bathroom and behind the closet door. There's semen in the fireplace and semen in the hall. The living room is carpeted with semen wall to wall. Up, there's semen in the entryway and semen on the stair. And worst of all, there's even semen in the underwear. There's some behind the larder and beneath the table, too. I do believe your semen got to to me, Irish too. There's semen here in front of me and semen in the rear. My god, there's even semen hanging from the chandelier. There's The window sill, semen in the yard. The semen even left a stain upon the St. Bernard. Although I am a
5: patient, wife, is more than I can bear to wake wake up in the morning with your semen in
6: my hair.
4: Disgusted are from the ladies. A few excited hours. (laughs) A few manly sounding ladies. I ne'er again do wish to see thee darken up my door. So clean up all your semen and come round my way no more. So clean up all your semen and come round my way.